Hear now these words from Matthew's Gospel. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. That baby is God. The great theologian Edward Skillbex said that his earliest memory of anything religious, he was a little bitty kid, and maybe Stanley's age here, and he said that his dad pointed to that baby in the nativity and he said, that baby is God. Depending on what's been happening in your life over the last week, Christmas may seem like a long time ago, but we're technically still in the Christmas season. And today's gospel reminds us why we have Christmas, because God cares about us. God wants us to know that God really understands all of our fears, our weaknesses, our frustrations. God comes to us as the real person of Jesus who experiences all of the trials and tribulations that we experience in human life. In the tradition I grew up in, there was a prayer that went, that part of it went, like us in all ways but sin. And that is, of course, based on the, the letter from the Hebrews from the early church. Hear, hear how comforting this is. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Now, you may be thinking, well, isn't God with us in the joyous times? Well, of course, God's with us in the joyous times. But when, when do we really want to know when God is with us? And that's in times of trouble, right? When our life is going sideways. Over and over again in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Scriptures, God's described as caring for and caring about people. Words like pity and mercy and compassion. God wants to give the gift of peace because he knows that there is not peace in our hearts and in our world. The people need good shepherds. We hear that echoed in today's gospel. And then Jesus, God, again, in the gospels, again, you see these descriptors, pity, mercy, compassion, his heart goes out. He cries. Now I want to use some of those same words in a minute, but I want to make a distinction between the way that you might hear or read them in Scripture and the way that we use them more in contemporary language. And I want to draw some fine distinctions. And I want to start with, with pity. Uh, there's not really a scale, perhaps, but, but I kind of think of this as a, as a, as a progressive scale. There's pity. You know, we might look at a situation in some other part of the world and we say, oh, that's, that's sad. But maybe we're not moved to action, right? We, we say that. Perhaps we say a prayer. Perhaps we do something. But oftentimes there is so much, as Catherine was just praying a minute ago for us, there is so much overwhelming stuff in the world, you know, that 
Sometimes it just overloads us. So there's pity. And then I think maybe a step beyond that is compassion. Again, we're touched by something, and then, and then we move to do something. You know, we, we, we go down to the, to the gardens, uh, you know, and in the Northeast, and we help. We, you know, we go to uh, other partners, Micah Ministry or Crosslines or whatever. You know, we go do something. We, we put some money in that envelope for the Christmas offering. So there's compassion, and we're moved, we're moved to, to some level of action. And then I think there's one more notch on the dial, and that's empathy. And it includes all of those earlier steps. So we're, we're touched, we're moved, we do something, uh, you know, we have some response, you know, some active response. And then we try and think beyond that and say, not how do I feel about this sad situation, but how do the people immediately affected feel? You know, you might be you might be sad about uh, the Ukrainians losing their house. You know, in the Russian bombing raid. Of course, that's terrible and sad. You might be moved to to you know give some money, perhaps, to that particular need. But then to say not, I'm sad about it. But how would the how does the how does a Ukrainian rebuild their life after something like that? Lots of professions now and. Uh, so I, I assume that many of you are familiar with it. You know, we're doing trauma-informed care, trauma-informed training. And that's trying to, you know, whether you're a nurse or a teacher or, or counselor or whatever your, your vocation might be, it's trying to help understand what is the, what is the trauma, what is the heartbreak, what, what perhaps terror has somebody experienced, and then how, how are they reacting, how are they living their life based on you know, that, that experience, how has that affected them? There's the old expression, uh, can you walk a mile in their shoes? Um, here it's asking, why are they walking? Do they have shoes? If you only take away one line from today, I hope this is it. Empathy is hard. Empathy is hard. At least it is for me. And when I look at the scriptures, it was hard for the first disciples, too. There's a story in all four of the Gospels. That's how we know it's important. It's in all four of them with slight variations. But this woman comes in, and she anoints Jesus with this perfumed oil, these ointments. And the disciples are going, whoa, 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 we could have sold that and fed the poor. Which, by the way, that's true. But Jesus says simply, leave her be. Two levels going on there. First, she's doing something powerful for her. Some, she's making an important faith statement for her. And if the disciples, second level, if the disciples were paying any attention, they'd recognize the religious symbolism that she is anointing Jesus both as king and for his burial. Empathy is about pausing for a moment and trying to look beyond the obvious, what might I be missing in this situation? One ex example from my own personal experience. Some of you know uh, who Elaine Stevenson was. She was part of our childcare and uh, for since uh, 2018. Uh, on Sundays, and much beloved by uh, 
by the children, by the parents, by all of us, dear friend of mine. Uh, and she died a couple of weeks ago, and we had a beautiful funeral mass for her over at her parish, uh, St. Teresa the Flower Catholic Church, yesterday. As I said, she came to work for us in about 2018, and. Uh, you get to meet everybody on Sunday morning that's here early because everybody makes a beeline for that coffee pot out there. And so I knew who Elaine was. Uh, it's important to the story to know that she didn't drive and that she had a real bad hip. If you ever, if you ever noticed, she walked with a pretty bad roll. So this one Sunday morning, uh, shortly after she was here, it was a terrible snowstorm, terrible snowstorm. And I'm creeping my way down 63rd street, coming to church early one morning. And, uh, I just had passed the Troost bus stop there, and there's this woman walking on the on the sidewalk in this terrible snowstorm, and she's, I, I thought to myself, that's funny, she's got that same roll to her hip, to her gait, that, that Elaine does. So I slowed down, I rolled down my window, and said, hey, it's Joe from church, Elaine, and she said, yeah, and, and anyway, she got in the car, and I brought her to church. Well, it turned out that the person that had been working with her here that the broader had gone and taken another job and she didn't have a ride. So she was walking to the Troost bus line and then she was riding the Troost bus line down and then she was going to walk from Troost here to church. So I said, you know, I'll, I'll bet that we can work something else out, you know, which surely we can work something out. Well, what? What worked out, as it turned out, was pretty much every Sunday I went and got Elaine and brought her to church because um, it was kind of on my way. And when we got to be pretty good buddies and, uh, and it gave us a lot of, you know, windshield time, as it were, and uh, saw each other in a lot, of, a lot of seasons and through a lot of things. And, and at the end of the church day, you know, I'd say, well, you need to go to the store. Oh, yeah, we'd go to the store. So we'd, you know, make a stop or two. And it was, I say, we were good friends. We talked about family and politics and all kinds of things. Sometimes uh, she'd call up either the night before or early, early in the morning, and she worked over at Research Medical Center in the child care there during the days, and she'd call up, you know, like I say, either really late at night or early in the morning and say that her ride had fallen through. And uh, I, I want to confess that on a couple of occasions, maybe more than a couple, I said, well, let me think for a moment now, I'm going to translate that for you, because when I stopped being an adolescent, I stopped going, oh, really? And I started saying, let me think for a moment. Um, and if you're not familiar with the geography, Research Medical Center is actually right on my, my drive path. I drive right by research, so it was not even out of my way. So I would say to myself, you know, Joe, you have a car, and you have a flexible schedule, and I would go get her, and we'd carpool. And I said empathy is hard. Now, all that was the easy part. A couple of demographics. Elaine was just two years younger than I am, and we were born and raised and lived in the same county. Now, I said county very specifically. Because if I say Kansas City, Kansas City's big, you know, well, of course, but we lived in the same, grew born, raised, and grew up, and lived in the same county. So there are some really similar demographics, but, but that's where the similarities end. She was black. I, you know, uh, I've read, I've studied, 
et cetera. You know, I've advocated, I can't imagine what it must be like really to be black in this nation with our history and with our current issues. And I sure can't understand what it might be like to be a black mother of three black young men in this country. I can't understand what it's like to be a female. The, the, the frustration, the fear, the fury that goes on because some of the situations and some of the issues in life and in our country. I don't have a physical issue that, you know, inhibits my motion. I'm married, I have a loving, supportive wife, and by the way, that means a second income. Um, I didn't have that. One of the many, many gifts I received from my friendship with Elaine was a weekly reminder to check myself, my ministry, my privilege, to put myself in other people's shoes and try and understand uh, better, be attentive and try and understand better what, um, what, what they experience and think, and, and to do so respecting them and their autonomy and their decisions and their, and their dignity. Which brings us around to the gospel today and our response to it. Jesus is out, you know, visiting the villages and he's teaching and healing. And I'm going to borrow a line from Skillebex again. This is actually the one I went to look for when I found the earlier one, which I love too. Skillebex said, Jesus is being who he is, good going about being good, good going about being good. Jesus very directly draws our attention to all the volume of needs that, that there are in the world. And he turns to his disciples and says, there's a lot to do. We need more people doing it. And we need people doing it like I'm doing it, with people, visiting, listening, serving alongside, trying to understand, trying to stand in solidarity, trying to be sensitive. And here the reference to shepherds is important. You know, we just heard in the Christmas story the, the, the talk about the shepherds and they're out with their flocks. Shepherds are out with their flocks, tromping around in the mud, not in some corporate farming way, but out with their people as Jesus was out with his people, telling us that God is with us as God has shown empathy, empathy for us. Jesus calls us in turn to then be empathetic with one another, to be moved by the needs that we see around us, to act on those, and to do so in a way that, that honors and respects the experiences of the people that we're trying to honor and live in community with. That, I think, is one of the great messages of Christmas, that God is, God is with us as Jesus, and we as Jesus' followers are with one another. Amen.